Welcome, everyone. Another week. It's been a couple weeks since we've done a podcast. How long has it been? I don't know. I, <laughs> we just do it when we can, so it's fine. I like to know when we've done it. Um, I don't know. Anyway, welcome. Um, we're going to talk this week a little bit, a lot a bit, about Catholicism. But, before we get there, tell me, Berlin, how have you been doing? How are you? Oh, um, I'm fine. Um, <laughs> Why so fine? The days have been sunny, and it's not been raining as much. And our children have been a little kinder to one another. Are you saying the days. rain or the cloudy days has made it crazy for them? Well, when they can't get outside or to see people as much, yeah, they're real crazy. I wonder if other people get the same Get the same. Oh, treatment. I think so. I think so. That's I was so talk- strange. I was talking to people at church who were like, I'm, I get like depressed when it rains even one day. Is it just a know? little kid thing though? Because I don't think adults will be cooped up in the house and drive each other nuts. It, I think so- after a while it does happen. What, you think after a couple days? Yeah. Hmm. Sometimes I don't understand how we survived the winter. <laughs> we did. I really am perplexed. Did God intentionally make it like this? I mean, oh, well, first of all, he did. But I find it interesting that he did make it like this. But also, there are definitely... The places where the Bible occurs uh, are places that have different seasons, but not really seasons that you can't go outside so, I see what you're saying, but I'm sure God knew we would be living in a place that was cold for many months of the year. But you're like, oh, it's it's more un- unintended of God since the places of the Bible were warmer. I don't know. I, my, what I'm trying to get at is, I, I wonder if people who get outside, even though it's cold or wet, don't. Exp- I wonder if they don't experience the gloom. Yeah, I mean, they say that's like why. Sweden, Norway, and Finland are so, quote, happy because they actually do get outside and do things. They're, like, statistically the happiest people in the world. That is... I, I think that is just far north, just as far north, if not farther north, than oh, Alaska. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's about true. That's nuts. Anyway, should we move on from this topic? I find it fascinating, for sure. That's fine. Okay. Anything about you? Are oh. you sharing? Oh, well, our house had a little bit of flooding last week, and I've been working my butt off fixing the gutters and the downspout system. I'm sure everybody would love to hear more about that. Sure. How many feet of <laughs> dirt did you take up? <laughs> I'm on 25 right now, about two and a half feet deep, maybe three. I think three. It was a project, but... I mean, the last time it rained, then the basement didn't flood, so I think you're doing your work well. I <laughs> guess. Mm, halfway done, another half to go. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, besides ditches and weeks. All right. Let's get to the Catholicism. So why are we talking about Catholicism this week? Um, so both of us have... Uh, I don't know, like a history with Catholicism or something. We've both been exposed to it um, growing up. And um, probably, I want to say me probably a little more than you. Like I was actually, I like actually went through classes and I was, did the sacraments and I was confirmed Catholic. Um, For for the non-Catholic people, can you translate what a sacrament is? 
so I mean like sacraments even in a Protestant culture you can you have sacraments it's just usually the sacraments in a Protestant culture are just baptism and um, communion which it simply means that they are like you know like holy I don't know holy acts or holy they're like processes that mean a lot in a congregational setting but many Protestant churches you wouldn't have like a ceremony to I don't know, take communion for the first time, but many Protestant churches would say you need to be baptized before taking communion. And then baptism, of course, is a bit more of a ceremony than I, taking I communion guarantee for the first time. I guarantee you that most Protestants, I would say probably like 7 out of 10, couldn't define for you what a sacrament was. That's why I'm like but, saying But, okay, that. like Methodists, Lutherans, they're going to call them sacraments. Really? Yeah. Hmm. And they're going to probably have a ceremony to receive those for the first time. Like you're even going to have like a confirmation type thing in Methodist and Lutheran. Backwards. Yeah, I know Lutheran you would. Um, but anyway, so but then in a Catholic church, I think there are <laughs> any Catholics listening. No, I'm just kidding. But I'm um, like, I think there are five. Um, so it's like baptism and communion and then... Uh, Getting married in the Catholic Church is a sacrament. If you get married. Yes. Like, if you get married and you don't get married in the Catholic Church, that is sinful. So it's four and a kicker, right? No, because what did I just say? I think I just said three. I'm pretty sure, like, last rites are one of the sacraments or something. Hmm. And then I want to say confirmation, but I could be... Anyway, I might look this up very briefly. And you went through the classes? Well, but what I know, there's a difference between sacraments and confirmation. Well, I meant in your classes, I would have figured you would have done. Well, yeah, yeah. But I think I ended that in eighth grade is when I was confirmed. So I was just teasing. Um, But anyway, so I've been exposed maybe a little bit more than Ethan, but Ethan has still grown up with. Yeah, how my family are from Boston, Italians. So Church of Rome. So when I say Church of Rome, I prefer to call, quote-unquote, Catholics Church of Rome. Only because Catholic means universal. And I understand that you're using it as a proper noun, but it feels like a bit of a concession when you call someone Catholic when you're a Protestant. It sounds like you're saying, to, to the Catholic who understands the word, it sounds like a concession. I hear you. And so I prefer to call people who are Catholic. They're a part of the Church of Rome because that's exactly what they are. They are not the universal church. They are a church. Because so, the universal church is any church that actually is of Jesus. Who, who is of the faith. I was minorly, minorly I know. wrong on this. The oh, sacraments. Okay. Um, there are seven of them. The, there are some that I would never have the opportunity to Someone needs to, to go back to confirmation. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, in a Catholic church, there are seven sacraments. Baptism, taking communion for the first time, which is called the Eucharist. Confirmation, which is, like, confirming that you will be Catholic forever. Um, reconciliation, which is, like, your first confession, because you ha- must confess with a priest. Anointing of the sick, which was be last rites, which I just talked about. Um, I have like, so many questions. Okay, so anointing of the sick would be like, 
No, not on that. That's okay. like my last A priest has to do that. Anyway, um, marriage. So, like, if you are married, it must be done in the Catholic Church. And then the last one is ordination, which is not something that a woman can do. But so it says it's a sacrament available only to men who are being ordained as deacons, priests, or bishops. Hmm. So, um, that one I would have never even thought of. Uh, and anointing of the sick. I actually think I forgot confessions slash reconciliation because do you remember your first concession confession uh i remember i remember going through it but i don't necessarily remember my like very first time confessing to a priest but i mean what do do you say there are there are certain prayers sinned yeah today no it's like all the sins since you last confessed (laughs) yeah but your first one that's a lot right oh i mean we're not really taught that's why we're going to talk about this, I think, is because, like, you're not really taught in Catholic stuff all that you could have sinned about. It's just kind of like, like, you probably know the Ten Commandments, and if you've done any of those, you say sorry for those, you know, like, I'm sorry. Hmm. I'm sorry I lied to my mom, or I'm sorry that I... Often I wouldn't know what to pray, and that's probably... Or what to ask for forgiveness to the priest for, because... I was, like, so scared of messing up the prayers. Because if you messed up the prayers, they told you you need to work on that. Like, in the confession booth. You didn't want to hear failure. Well, you have to memorize so much. And I don't know when confession is. Probably, like, third or fourth grade. I just didn't remember. I didn't ever... I didn't remember those prayers Hmm. very well and things. So I was always, like, nervous about remembering those. But then also, you're not really taught about what could be sin, so then I didn't know what to ask for forgiveness for. Okay. Because I didn't know. Right, like, as I said, I knew the Ten Commandments, those things were bad. But, like, if I hadn't murdered, (laughs) you know, I was like, I don't know what I've done. Hmm. So, it's quite common in Protestant churches to say, like, hey, if you hated somebody, you've broken that commandment. Would Catholics speak quick to talk about that? I'm just kind of curious. No. Like the the deeper heart of the, of of the Ten Commandments. No, that's. I feel like that's the point of this podcast. Is like, <laughs> it's very rare for for Catholicism to get to the heart of something. They just want to get to the law of something. Hmm. What what law have you broken? Now confess that law. But it's not even always a biblical law. It's like the Catholic Catechism law. You know, the Catholic. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, to begin some of this, like, by no means do we believe that you cannot have true salvation if you're in a Catholic church. Do we feel it's much harder? Yes. But, like, and nor would I ever recommend someone go to a Catholic church. Because I... I I would even elaborate a little more that if you're a Catholic and you think that the, the Catholic things is what gets you to heaven, and that's your guarantee of salvation, I would say you're not a part of the people of God. Your king is not Jesus. If you're a Catholic and you say that faith is what gets you to heaven, not all these Catholic things, then I would say we have a common faith. Yeah. And I mean, I've said this for years, but it's often like, if you're a good Catholic, you're a bad... <laughs> like, you're if you're a good Catholic, you're a bad Christian. And if you're a good Christian, you're a bad Catholic. Like, <laughs> because I, I have heard many people, even before I really truly came to believe in faith alone, I had heard many people be like, oh yeah, I'm Catholic, but I don't really think all those law, those like rules are good and I don't follow those and blah, blah, blah. So if they did profess faith, but they were saying, I don't like all those rules, you're like, oh, you're a bad Catholic. 
you're you're choosing to still go to a Catholic church for whatever reason, but like you're not a good Catholic, but you do seem to be a good Christian. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, you know. Anyway. So there's there's possibly non-Catholics or there's possibly Catholics listening. Um, what do you what what words would you have for the practicing Catholic and even the non-practicing Catholic? Um, I think just needing to evaluate where your true faith comes from. Um, so if you are a person who likes works and likes tasks, then there are going to be denominations, especially Catholicism, that are appealing because you do just have to check these boxes. And once you do that, you are, quote, right with God. But that's not what God has for you in the Bible. Um, Is that actually what Catholicism says? If you hit, I mean, you have to do those sacraments. Once you hit these sacraments, you're good. I'm, I mean, yes. Hmm. I I didn't know any different. And I sometimes right people are like, well, not every Catholic church is like that. And I'm like, yes, but I I think I went to like five different Catholic churches or more growing up, and I never felt any differently at any of them. These were in different states. These were in different, you know, like. I never got fed real truth in any of those places. So hmm. so sometimes when people are like, certain Catholic churches are different, I'm like, maybe, you know, the random one is. But I think most of the time Catholic churches are wanting you to perform these sacraments. And then once you do, you have a path to heaven. And once you continue keeping these, your path to heaven is still cleared. And then you can get there. Hmm. Like, if you don't take communion in the church every week, you have to go confess that. And if you don't confess that, you're not right with God. So, right, I'm like... So strange. I can't even wrap my brain around that. Like, I hear you. I understand what you're saying. It just... I can't wrap my brain around that. God is upset with you because you do not take communion this week and the Catholic Church I'm sorry the Church of Rome has stated you must do this yeah wow and right like different I think different popes have now maybe said things that are like a little more liberal with their thoughts on when you can confess and I think the Pope recently said something like in the last two weeks said something like you can confess you, you on your can own. confess on your own you know something and it's like mm. really okay great um, Glad you could join the Protestant Reformation <laughs> 500 years later. <laughs> but as you said, like, what can we say to those people, right? I'm like, I just, once I started reading the Bible daily, very consistently, and other people were talking to me about what the Bible meant or telling me, discover for yourself and praying for me. And I was praying and I was, you know, once, once, People said, do this for yourself, right? Read for yourself. Don't just have a priest read to you on Sundays and be done. Like, start doing things for yourself. That's when I realized, oh, some of this isn't right. You know, some of these things of the Catholic Church are not right. When you say do things for yourself, you were just talking about just digging into the Bible and praying and... Yeah, so in uh, growing up, I was never taught to do that on my own. It was just that, like, the church would do that for you. And and maybe, like, clearly people read the Bible on their own, but it was not encouraged of me. It was never promoted in a mass. It was never promoted in the classes I went to, to, like, pray on your own or 
read the Bible on your own or like that was never, I was never told to do those things. Hmm. So people were in college, people were telling me, no, you can read the Bible on your own. No, you can pray for people on your own, like free prayer. It doesn't have to be like a liturgy every time. And then I was like, oh, wow. I'm recognizing things I hadn't before. So what I'm saying though, I can be done with this point soon, but like what I'm saying is if you are listening and you are part of the Catholic church, I would just say to read the Bible for yourself, pray freely for yourself, like for the people around you or whatnot. And don't, don't feel so rigid and then allow yourself to be open. Were your views to change? Hmm. Okay. I, I remember, so I grew up in a Protestant church. I was actually sprinkled as a baby in a Catholic church because my mom was, uh, her family was Catholic. And so even in a Protestant church, I was encouraged to read my Bible. I never wanted to do it. Uh, when I became a Christian though, like that's the one thing I wanted to do. And that's what helped that. That is one of the biggest pieces of the puzzle to help anybody mature, whether you're a Catholic or anybody. You Even if dig you into are God's a true word. believer in Christ, you still will mature most if you're reading the Bible. And and so the question is why? What what's so important about reading the Bible? Could you elaborate on that, or do you want me to? I mean, I think you can talk about it. Sure. And so why 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 is it so important to read the Bible? It's so boring. It's so yada 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 yada. Well, God made man. God wants man to know Him. If you want to know God. You have one. One of the things that he's revealed himself specifically by. He, uh, before I even touch that, he's revealed himself in nature. You can see God in nature, but one of the specific ways is his words. If you want to get to know somebody, you use your words to get to know them. If you want to get to know God, read his words. If you want to have a relationship with the living God, and fit and know what he's saying. And what he has spoken about things, in, even in general in life, read his word. Dig in his word. Get hungry about his word. Make it a discipline. Do it every day. Um, so that's my rant about God's word. Yeah, I mean, it's the same. Like, okay, someone enjoys Abraham Lincoln. What do you do? You read books about him. Yeah. yeah. Because he's dead. So you can't, you know, so like God, God is not right here that I can just meet up for coffee with. Therefore, how do I get to know him? I read the words that he's given me. Hmm. I pray. You know, things like... that. I mean, that's what anyone does about anything. How do I want to know about nuclear... Like, nuclear reactors? I would read about them. You know, or I would watch videos on them, or whatever. And, like, it's the same hmm. with God. If you have Abraham Lincoln's words so readily available, and you want to know more about Abraham Lincoln, read his words. I think it's good. Um... But, okay, so we did go to a Catholic church this past weekend for a family thing, and it's the first time I've been in quite a while. I think it's the first time you've been. You've probably been more recently than I have to a mass. Uh, maybe. I, I know I've been funeral. in the last decade. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I did go to a Catholic funeral. Yeah, so I don't know how long it's been. It's probably been five years or more since I've been to a mass. But we just recognized some things that were like, oh, this is so interesting. Um, and so I thought maybe we could briefly touch on some of those things, too. The first one, it was actually very pretty. Yeah, the building was very, very pretty. Yep. Most Catholic churches are, I think. Yeah, like beautiful stained glass and 
uh, well cared for inside of the building. Yeah, pews and stone and like the front, the front altar type area was. I mean, yeah, it was very pretty. Hmm. And it is sad in some ways to think of like square Protestant churches that just have carpet squares and <laughs> folding chairs. You know, where you're like, oh, give me the cheapest option and make it happen. And by no means, in our very first podcast, we actually talked a bit about this. God actually likes beauty, and were your church to be beautiful, there would be nothing sinful about the fact that you spent money to make your church beautiful, were the church to have had that money. Um, But yeah, yeah, it does, right? You're like, oh, you are really revering God. Like this, this church was really revering God in their beautification of the building and yeah. taking care of it. I do think that is actually, that, that is not nothing. And I think most Protestants would say it's nothing. Yeah. N- nothing in the sense of it has zero. Not value. important. Y- yes, not important. Because if it's yeah. not practical purpose, it's it's worthless. And yeah, I think it is, a, I mean, it is a glory to God for a building to be beautiful that you're worshiping him in. Mm-hmm. Um. What was the next thing you noticed? The one of the next things is just kind of when you look at how a mass is ordered, um, you're gonna see what's most important. So I even went to just like a non-denominational Christian church maybe three years ago, right? And the during the sermon of this Protestant church, it, during the sermon the lights were turned down. Okay, so what does that say? That means that they actually don't care about you taking notes or reading your own Bible during the sermon. They're trying to set a mood. Yeah, and like that's that's actually saddening. That's disturbing. You should want your congregation to want to take notes or want to look at their Bible during a sermon. Yeah, they're okay. trying to get you to focus on one thing. Yeah, and which would is... be like watch the entertainment. You yeah. know, that's what that church was doing. So similarly then, um, like in this mass that we attended... Um, the, and this is, this really is most, most services in a Catholic church, but they're the sermon per portion or whatnot is not a big deal. It is like a very small snippet, briefly reflecting on the passages of scripture that were read and then moving on. The vast majority of a mass is the routine, the, the steps, the order of, um, kind of the, I don't know, the tasks or whatnot. And I think that's just, but it's the first time that I've really recognized, oh, what that means is teaching the word and reflecting on the word is a low priority. Um, True biblical scripture is read, but then if a sermon is so short and it's not really taking the time, it's saying, hey, we don't care as much about you learning and about me teaching you. We care more that you are here for the routine. Right? And I was like, oh, that's interesting to have noticed that for the That makes time. me really sad. I, I don't even think or, order is not bad. But when you tithe mint and rue, Jesus doesn't have a problem if you tithe mint and, mint and rue, but he condemned the Pharisees for tithing mint and rue down to the little tiny spices. Tithed it. And they, and they set aside justice and they set aside mercy. He's like, you should have if you're going to do these things, you shouldn't have set aside those things first. And so you're talking about order. In a Catholic service, you shouldn't set aside... Order. And those things aren't necessarily bad, but yeah. you shouldn't have set aside 
feeding the people in the congregation, getting them to learn the word. Yeah. I couldn't believe how small it was. It was like, what, 15? It was um, 10 I, minutes? Yeah, I'd say 10 minutes or so. And he said some pretty crazy things. I was Yeah, like, regardless of what was said in the sermon, there were some heretical things said. But, <laughs> you know, regardless of that, most masses will have that portion be very short. Like, um, like that, that, is it normal I, for them to I 10 think minute 10 to, 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Sermon talk yeah. discussion thing, whatever yeah. that's called. What do they call it? I don't. I do, it's not. I don't want to say it's called a sermon. Huh. Like I don't. I really don't think it is. But I'm not, I'm not recalling at the moment what it's called. Huh. Okay. It feels more like a reflection on a scripture that was just spoken. They walked around and uh, threw water at people. Well, that that's... was new. I've never seen that before. <laughs> the guy in front of us got destroyed twice. Okay, that was. This is fairly typical at. On holy days. I saw beads of water all over his shoulders. It, it was Pentecost, so we were remembering oh. our baptism. And we we actually heavily joked because Eliza, also man, she was just like real splattered. <laughs> and we were like, oh, they must have just known that she's never been baptized in Catholic Church. <laughs> they needed to do extra. They were aiming at her. <laughs> like, I mean, he actually did aim directly. He like re-dipped re and aimed for her. Are you serious? Splattered on her. <laughs> Yes. I was wondering why she was covered when I yeah, looked over. And she just wiped her eyes and was not very pleased. <laughs> but anyway, that's it's pretty pretty normal. Eliza is four, days. by the way. <laughs> it's pretty normal on holy days to I couldn't, remember so, your baptism. When I looked at the hymnals, I was wondering why they were so, like, I'm not sure, water damaged oh. and puffy. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that's why. You guys get doused once a year. All right. uh, multiple times a year, usually. Oh. Um, anyway, so then, okay, there were also some, I don't know how much do we want to get into the things about, there were some signs about who Mary was, right? So these other things were like revelations for the first time, like, oh, that's interesting. I hadn't really noticed or thought about how a short sermon equates, you don't care as much about learning and teaching your congregation. These other things were things that we noticed just that were stated about Mary. And, right, we know that Mary is venerated in a more, in an extra-biblical sense in the Church of Rome. We do know that. But, um, I don't know, is, are those things we want to talk about or not? It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fine with touching on it a little bit. Uh, just, just the fact, I, I can't wrap my brain around that someone thinks it's acceptable to pray to something that's not God. I mean, you, even, you grew up in it. I was, I, 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 I saw it, but you, you went through confirmation. I, it just. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't actually think, I knew it happened, but I never really did it about like, I didn't pray to saints or things. And I don't remember, I guess, I mean, if you say the rosary, which is another like Catholic thing, you are saying like Hail Mary, full of grace. Like you're you're praying a prayer to Mary. So I guess it is to Mary. That yeah, that is. But other than that, I never really I was never a part of a church where we like had saints on the walls and you'd go to the saints and you'd pray to them. Which is a very common thing even in like other countries. For there to be little alcoves in a church and the saints are there and you go to the saints and you pray. Um We Protestants, we we don't uh, pray to things that aren't God. Okay. <laughs> Calm it down. <laughs> I mean, yes, but also it's it's actually just the. So the Bible does state that anyone who has true faith in God and goes to heaven is a saint. I I, so I don't that, have a problem with things being called saints. No, I think I'm distinguishing for. for oh, okay. Right, I see like, 
Catholic saints are like special people who've done something in their life that deserve something else. And then they are like so special. And then after their death, they are made a saint. Like sainthood or something like that. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I don't actually, I mean, I don't ever remember general lay people who believed to be called saints. I don't ever remember that being a statement. And, and so biblically, but we biblically, define saints yes. as any, you're either a sinner or you're a saint. Yeah. So like if you believe in God and you follow his ways, you are a saint. Ex-sinner, currently a saint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, right. Um, just for a differentiation there. The, the main argument I heard is that, well, it's the, it's the mother of God. It's the mother of God. God. But there were some, what did, I think it said like, mother of the creator. And that's that, a that, little like, uh, <laughs> Twilight oh. Zone. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, Mary in the Bible is the mother of Jesus, who is also God, but she was mother of his earthly form. She was not mother of his universal being do, do catholics believe that jesus existed before birth i do not know those things i don't know okay so for catholics or non-christians that are listening uh the bible teaches that jesus was the firstborn of all creation everything was born was, was made through him and we have verses that we could show to back that up but so like God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were from the beginning of time. Right, they the were, eternal beings, right. Yeah, they were not. Firstborn, yeah, I, I understand the confusing language here, but yes, we believe that Jesus is an eternal being, always was, always is, and always will be, and so is the Father and the Son, the three parts. And then, of course, G- Jesus in a man form on earth was birthed by a human right. named Mary. Incarnate. Right? She right. was the mother of Jesus. His bodily form. Not the not him being at the beginning of time being born. Yes, just but his mother of the form. creator is a little much. It's it, it's totally misleading. Yeah. It makes it sound like it's it's Mary and then underneath Mary is God. It feels like Mary is the eternal being who created yes. everything. <laughs> Mary was an absolutely normal human being. So, Let's get that straight. I'm not gonna say who this was, but I was talking to a non practicing Catholic and I mentioned something about how they thought that Mary was perpetually a virgin, like always, never had sex. Always, even after Jesus' birth. And they replied to me with, No, she no, she wasn't. And so we started talking and it turned out that she thought she that this person was a non practicing. I think I said that already. And she thought that she that she did uh, consummate the marriage with Joseph because jo- Jesus had brothers. I, w- I was actually shocked. I, I had no idea. Because that. often Catholics will believe that Mary was perpetually a virgin. Right, right. That that is the common thing like, that I've met. There were never. And I mean, I actually remember growing up and thinking that as well. Thinking like, no, 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 those were not real siblings of Jesus because she was a virgin forever. Those are cousins, right? But the miracle of of Jesus' birth is the fact that she was a virgin. There's n- there's nothing else required of her being a virgin for another miracle. The miracle yeah. is Jesus being born while she was a virgin. Yeah. Um, I, I'm curious to hear how an actual, somebody who's Catholic would respond to that. But and, and really, you will often, if you talk to different Catholics, you will often get very different responses based on 
their level of seriousness in the Catholic Church. Right. Right. So that's why sometimes you might be like, no, I've come into contact with a Catholic who said this, and I've come into contact with someone who said this, and they are different and varying. The, the, that just means they're a bad Catholic if they don't have it straight. Well, the Catholic theology straight. But also it it means that you, if you want to care about Catholicism, look into the Catholic Catechism. Look into what the Pope says. And like see what see what's being said from the top so that you can see what they're supposed to believe. Because that's even going to happen, right? There are going to be many Christian people you come into contact with. And they're going to say all kinds of wacky things, even if they might be a true believer. But there are different denominations. There are different beliefs about something, which is why we said at the very beginning of this, if you want to know about God, read the Bible. Don't just listen to somebody else tell you about what the Bible says. Read the Bible for yourself and see what it says. Because, yes, there are going to, we are sinful, even if we have true belief and true faith in God. And we can get real answers from the Bible, not just from somebody else. Mm-hmm. And whenever I say bad Catholic, I just mean that they don't adhere to top-down Catholic the- um, Church of Rome theology. As in, yeah. the Church of Rome ha- ha- has standings on points. And if you deviate from those as a Catholic, I would define you as a bad Catholic. And I think so would your hierarchy. So... Yeah. Anyway, for whatever that's worth. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other little posters. There were there were quite a few things like saying Mary was the queen of angels, as well as she was the queen of patriarchs. That was weird. What was up with that? And the queen of patriarchs under it was listed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She's the mother of would, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. She was the queen, and I I actually never learned these things and yet these were murals on the wall of this church um so right just some things that you're like what does this mean why where did you get these ideas that she would be the ruler of the patriarchs in the bible or the ruler of the angels um that is it's not biblical (laughs) and there's nothing that even slightly insinuates these things. It's what you said earlier. It makes it sound as if... it. Like she's ruling on the throne next to Christ or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not true. She's, she, she is a person who sinned. I hate to tell everybody. And, and that means she is eternally separated from God unless she were to have faith and believe. She did. And her son. Yeah. You know, she did. And... You, and so but, she is a saint. Yeah, but a saint in the Protestant way, not the Catholic way. Right, in the Church of Rome way. I, you, I, I'm not denying how that <laughs> sounds better, but I'm, I know. I'm still used to the language. I know. I'm trying to be dogmatic here. I see. I can't think of anything else that really stood out to me, but I think we could probably talk about this subject for a while, but yeah. we've been going for about 35 minutes. Yeah. Well, everyone... If you have any questions or comments on our podcast, please feel free to send a message out. I'm not sure how you can do that, but if you're determined, you'll find a way. And also, I mean, like, finding out more about Catholicism, if, of course, like, I'm sure we'd be fine talking about it. Um, even if you are Catholic and you don't understand why we said this or that or what we we're believing about this, I mean, like, we have no issue with talking through these things deeper um that's what berlin and i love to do and i i 
I want to, I want people to be able to grow, including, including myself. I want to know what's true. I want to know what's wrong. And that's what's landed us to the conclusions that we have right now. So. Yeah. All right, guys. So, Thanks for joining. Thanks for listening. And some, I don't know. What do we call it? Some tidbits on the Church of Rome. <laughs> that's what this <laughs> episode is called. Uh, tidbits of Church of Rome. Okay. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks, guys.